Welcome to episode nine of Honestly Unbalanced, and we are still in lockdown, but nonetheless, we chatted to Ella Roth this week. Ella is best known for now creating Soul Circus, uh, a UK yoga and wellness festival that's growing year by year and is kind of taken over. Uh, before Soul Circus, she set up yoga studios, she was a teacher and a dancer, and actually really impressingly, over the past few years, she's been travelling the world with her husband and children, yet still managing her UK-based yoga festival. Uh, enjoy the conversation. Right, Ella, welcome. So, you are, I guess, living a bit of a weird life at the moment. You've got two kids You've been tra- and, and a husband. Yep. You've been traveling the world all over. Yep. You're back yep. in the UK. You've yep. landed back in the UK in lockdown. Mm-hmm. How are you managing? Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. I'm fighting the urge to want to get back on a plane right away and get to a beach because, um, yeah, lockdown when you're not near, like, water to swim in, is I, I'm struggling. Like, I think if I could go and jump in the sea every day, mentally I'd cope with it a little bit better. So... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually, we're actually planning our next adventure during lockdown as to where we're going to go next. <laughs> so what, that's what we're doing. Where were you before again? You were somewhere exotic. Was it Costa Rica? Uh, yeah, we, well, we, uh, so two and a half years ago, we sort of sold everything and, um, kind of packed up what we had left into a car with our two little kids and just sort of drove off into the sunset, not really with any plan, um, which was pretty terrifying. <laughs> but we ended up living in lots of different places. Um, first of all, we did a few different places in France and then we did, um, we went over to Spain and then um, we kind of just thought, right, we're, we're, we're on the road, we're, we're already challenging ourselves, let's, let's really challenge ourselves. So we went over to Central America with the two kids and we uh, lived in Panama and Costa Rica for another year. So we did two years all together. Just, yeah, chipping about. That sounds incredible. (laughs) Was there anything that instigated this move or was it just, was it planned or were you running away from something or? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Always running. Uh, So we, well, we had our, we had a yoga studio in Cheltenham called Ella and Fleur Hot Yoga, which I ran with my sister. Um, my husband uh, was working full time for GE as an engineer, and um, and then we we found, we launched Soul Circus, our festival, as well at the same time. And we were, we were all having kids as well at the same time. So I had two little ones. My sister, who I own the studio with, had three kids because she had twins. And to be honest, it just all got a bit much. Like we were all working. 24 hours a day we never got a day off we were you know we were trying to keep Ella and Fleur hot yoga going as well as Soul Circus my husband was helping run both the businesses but he was also working full time at his job as an engineer and um, we just started to burn out to be honest and we had to make a decision about you know how we wanted our lives to look and we'd created these businesses um, but they'd become quite you know quite stressful and we've gone into the yoga industry for a reason obviously but we weren't living a yogic lifestyle like we were we were so tired and and just done so we decided to to kind of split two ways so Fleur kept the studio and um I kept Soul Circus and my husband 
quit his day job in order to focus solely on Soul Circus, as well as spend a bit more time with with the two kids that we've got. And um, so, yeah, it was it was just a kind of it was a lifestyle shift. It was just a, okay. What do we want our life to really look like? We don't want to be stressed out and burnt out. We want to be creating and happy and you know living living a beautiful life. So we took we took the plunge and we and we just left. <laughs> So, yeah. So exciting. And did you drag your husband yeah. into the yoga world or did he find his way there by himself? <laughs> uh, well, I was teaching um, my uh, my own little mobile classes when I first started out with Ella and Fleur Hot Yoga. And we were taking our little heaters around to studios and we were just teaching in studios that we rented. And Roman actually came to one of my classes uh, and got and got like really bad cramp halfway through so I kind of went over and like you know gave... <laughs> I don't do this at all he gave a little massage started stroking him gave a little massage I was like oh he's, he's got like he's got like a hot body and like... would you so slide the card like, under the mat in Shavasana ring me yeah 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 like yeah a little bit of that really it's like that's never happened to me before in a class but yeah he's just come back from like snowboarding and you know, and we just kind of hit it off. And then um, through the powers of Facebook, you know, got in contact. And then six weeks later, I was pregnant. So <gasps> that was intense. Uh, was it planned? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> right, so. Oh, wow. Well, at least it worked out. <laughs> no. Yeah, thank thank goodness it did work out. I mean, it was an absolute shocker. Like yeah. our, our families were like, they they, they were just, they couldn't believe it. They they were horrified, to be quite honest. Um, and they thought, you know, oh God, what's Ella done now? Because I'm sort of renowned for not doing things in the normal fashion, mm. let's say. Um, but uh, we both kind of just knew, like we both just had this sort of desire to, like, you know, really live our lives to the max and and you know create businesses and have kids and you know and travel and you know we 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 quickly found out that we shared all the same kind of desires and and so then when I fell pregnant um it 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 sort of felt right it was terrifying but it felt right at the same time so that's how it happened and, <laughs> and do your parents like him now um <laughs> <laughs> is that the wrong question yeah. to ask? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm being so awkward. <laughs> no, no, no. Then... No, I think we've we've all we've all worked together for a long time. Me and my family. Like, if you've ever been to Soul Circus, you know my dad's like the doctor on site. My brother um, runs the sound for one of the stages. Like, me and Fleur still work together. Like, so we know each other really, really mm. well. So, and with with running businesses together as a family, you know, we have. I'm not going to lie, you know, and you want this podcast to be about the truth. And yeah, there's been ups and downs. It's not. It's not easy working with your family. Mm. It's not easy working with anyone when you're running businesses that you know when you first start start out you're not generating a lot of money you're working yourself to the bone you're you know you're 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 sacrificing a lot and you're all in it together and it's it's amazing but um it it does come with challenges as well so Uh, how how was setting up soul circus to setting up the studio like was it what is one easier um i I did both of them pregnant, weirdly, which just seems to be a good time for me to to create. So when I was pregnant with my first child, I was at home writing business plans for Ella and Fleur Hot Yoga and, and pitching to people to get some money. And so I was like, 
you know, a sort of dragon dragon's den style standing up in front of people and pitching my ideas with this huge belly um mm -hmm. and and negotiating like the the property that we wanted to to build the studio in and all that kind of stuff so that was um it was and that was quite stressful and scary because I'd never set up a business before and I also knew I had to have I was having a baby as well um but but then we did it we opened it we I had my baby in November and then we opened the studio up about three months later, um, with a with a newborn, so I was like on my reception desk, breastfeeding my baby, whilst my first oh, wow. customers were kind of coming in. Um, and it was really weird because we opened the studio and we were like, "Yay, we're open!" And then we realised that we were open forever, and that we were having we were going to have to come in here every day forever <laughs> and run this business. And we hadn't even really. We were just like, "Yay, we've done it!" Oh shit. Okay, I was like, we're now here, you know, for the duration. That was that was quite a funny moment. Me and Flo were like, oh, didn't really think about that. But um, so yeah, that was like our first adventure. And then with Soul Circus, I it, again, I was pregnant with my second child, and it was a case of sort of sitting at home, really, really pregnant, putting together schedules, trying to sort of envision what what we were going to do which was like combine the yoga with the music um and the sort of festival atmosphere and so it was very much sort of all just pulling vision a vision together and then just really hoping for the best because that was probably the scariest thing I've ever done in my life is give birth and then six weeks later we launched our first soul circus weekend so I had a newborn strapped to my chest this time around and had to run around this field and direct this three-day event and um oh, luckily you know it paid off but it was uh it was yeah I mean most, everyone thought I was mental like they just thought I'd lost it <laughs> again <Yeah. laughs> <I do. laughs> it sounds it sounds but, like you, you know, now we're I was gonna say it just sounds like you have okay. ideas and just completely run with them though fearlessly <laughs> yeah 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 it is a lot of like not trying not to be scared I've sort of learned now in my life that I've, I've taken so many risks and a lot of them have paid off and then the ones that don't you know you learn so much from them so you know I'm all about making mistakes I'm all about taking risks I'm all about just you know facing your fears and going for it because it's the only way that you can really grow you mm. know it's the only way you can really learn you, you've got to you've got to fall in order to pick yourself back oh, up yeah, so absolutely. that's how I live my life yeah. Does it ever yeah. get does it ever get less scary the more risks you take? Do you do you build this trust more and more or, or does it is there always fear involved? Always a courageous step to take? Um, I think there's always fear. I think there has to be, because that's part of the the motivation to do it. It's like like that feeling of like being so nervous and so scared and, and not knowing what's gonna happen mm. and then and then it's all about your mindset and you know if you can kind of you can think about all the things that can go wrong but then you can also imagine all the things that can go right mm. and if you can get the balance between the two and make sure that you're you know you you can you can deal with anything that goes wrong and you're also you know like manifesting what can go right and you can find that balance between the two you you always know that you're essentially you're going to be all right mm. so it's kind of the, the flow state some people call that don't mm. they where the flow state being where the yeah. amount of challenge meets your amount of skill yeah and that's kind of where you yeah. can really thrive exactly yeah yeah i totally agree with that flow state it's that kind of 
um, it's almost like unlearning everything you've ever learned in your life and 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 yeah like just going with the flow because for a long long time I, I did really doubt myself and I did let those kind of like negative like thoughts come in my head and you know and I would worry what people thought about me and you know and 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 it it stood in my way of, of achieving what I wanted to achieve and and I found the more and more work I did on myself the less and less I got these like horrible thoughts inside my head and the more I managed to find the flow and then you know things started to started to go right for me mm. and it, it wasn't because I had really changed I was just I was just ignoring any anything negative that came in my head and just focusing on like okay the positive what what mm. what could happen what could go right what can I create if I don't worry about what so-and-so thinks about me mm. and yeah do you think that yoga plays a part in um in helping you with that do you think that that sort of knocks away self-doubt and and worry do you think that yoga has a way of making you look at life differently is that has it affected you in that sense oh hugely yeah absolutely I mean it wasn't really until I started doing yoga that I did start to believe in myself because mm. I came from a background I was a dancer when I was younger and um and it's you know very the very different world to yoga I'm mm. sure you know yeah and um and there is a lot of self-doubt, you know, you do compare yourself to other people, you know, you, you do, you do have to think about what you look like and what your body looks like. And then I started to do yoga and I realized that, you know, I didn't have to worry about those things anymore. And yoga was about self-acceptance and, and, you know, working on, on yourself and, and being kind to yourself and being kind to other people and, you know, encompassing all of the, of all of the ethos of yoga into your life, you just, you know, if you do it right, you can't help but, but find your flow and find your path because, mm. um, we, I mean, you thought, yeah, I suppose it's, it's like religion, isn't it? You kind of, you, you, you dedicate yourself to something higher. You dedicate yourself to, to finding that flow and finding that source. And you can kind of, you can compare that to God or religion or the universe or divinity. But mm. if you can, if you can find that, then the path becomes clearer and that's what I found through yoga is that a lot of the the crap just fell away and and it just everything became a lot clearer and I knew what I wanted and I knew who I wanted to be mm. and that was amazing because I was very confused for most of my life I was just didn't know what the hell was going on to be quite honest <laughs> we've all been there do you know now yeah uh what who where i'm going and who i want to be yeah <laughs> um, um i think i think i have a much better idea yeah and i've learned a lot about myself along the way and um and and i realized that you know i do love bringing people together i do love creating a community i love to I love to give people the stage. I'm not necessarily a kind of person that wants to stand up and be a star yoga teacher or stand up and be, you know, the star of the show. Um, what I love about Soul Circus is I get to just give the stage to all of these amazing people that have helped me in my life. Mm. And I know that help, you know, thousands of people and I get to highlight them and I get to sing their praises and, 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 you know, give them, um, you know, like a, a spotlight to the, to the world, well, mm. to my followers anyway. And that's what I, that's what I really thrive on mm. is that kind of that community and that bringing people together. So the way you shine is helping other people to shine really 
which is so lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Where did yeah. the where did oh, the yeah. idea come from, Soul Circus? Because you fuse the yoga and the music together, which I love. I'm all about that. So where did it? Yeah. Where did you get the idea yeah. from? Um, so I used to go to a lot of festivals when I was younger in my kind of more sort of wayward days. I was, you know, always jumping the fence at Glastonbury and <laughs> like a bit of a, a, bit, of a rave, <laughs> you know, bit of a raver. Like, yeah, I was, you know, I kind of like went off the rails, let's say, uh, for a few years. And, um, but I, I had a great time doing it. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not, no I'm not going to lie. Um, no regrets, never. <laughs> But yeah, just I used to do, just do a lot of festivals. I was, you know, had friends who were really into music. Um, I was still uh, a dancer at that point, so I was always used to combining, you know, movement with music. And um, and yeah, I think after I had kids, I realised that I couldn't, you know, do what I used to do, which is, you know, go and you know get off my head for three days at a festival. <laughs> but you know, what could I do? What could I do that was, you know, a bit more holistic, a bit more healthy, family friendly? Um, so, so yeah, and I went around to some of the some of the yoga festivals that were around at the time, and and they were all really like they were beautiful, like gatherings of people, and you know, very um, quite chilled and you know, uh, quite small. And I just thought, oh, I want to make this bigger. Like, I want to make it louder. I want to bring in like you know, amazing de- like hip hop DJs or drum bass DJs, and you know, and then have like this huge yoga class going on to that, and then you know, teach some other things like dance classes to live music and you know and then like when the evening sets in like have it as like a festival atmosphere and like have a big massive fat party and Mm. you know and kind of mix the two worlds of um yoga and festival together but Mm. do it you know do it properly and Mm. have a really 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 big party Um, and i thought i never imagined it would be as big as it is i I just what made you think (laughs) what made you think it would actually financially work because uh, there's a lot, as you said, there's a few festivals around the UK, none of them that big. Yeah. Lots of them have come and yeah. gone. A few of them are kind of fairly yeah. static. So, yeah, what yeah. made, and then actually internationally, there's not that many good ones. There's lots of conferences and there's lots of like yoga yeah. events, but there's very yeah. few yogury festivals, especially in Europe. So, what, yeah, what made you think yeah. this would work and that the UK audience would be up for it? Because one thing I find different about the UK yoga communities in other countries I teach in there does yeah. feel like a community whereas the UK yeah. especially in somewhere like London it's so many studios so many places it's all a bit it's, it's all a bit spaced out there doesn't seem that much yeah. tightness so yeah so what made you think mm. it would actually work here and because it, it has yeah it has um I think uh that because festivals are predominantly for um hedonism uh, you know, it's well it's well known that you know you go to festivals to it's not the healthiest weekend of your life. Um, so yeah, I was aware that there probably wasn't going to be a huge market for it, um, but I thought there was probably enough to make a go of it. And I think I'd learnt through running my own studio um, and combining the music and the yoga and seeing this like amazing community that we've we've built up. I, I just had a had a belief in in the community and the followers that I already had to really embrace this idea and and really support us in that idea and I think that was the thing that really helped is that I had my studio I had my people I had my my crowd who I knew would love Soul Circus and 
and amazingly and wonderfully that they're, they're they're the crowd who are there every year you know i have got my i've got my diehard you know tribe who will come back every single year because they love it so much and a lot of those guys did start up did start with me back in the studio days so I think that that's what gave me the confidence to, to really go for it was mm. was um, the belief in the in my community that I already had, mm. and um, and the, the the fact that I knew that they just they loved having fun and they loved doing yoga mm. and they loved music and they loved each other and that was enough oh. for me to kind of think yeah I can make this work. Oh, what was it? What was it like the setup? So setting up that first festival. Uh, what journey did you go on? Where, where, what were the, the low moments oh of that God. or the struggles? Oh, my God. I mean, um, well, I just had a baby, so I couldn't, I was hit, my body was like very much still healing. And, um, and I knew I'd had, I had my baby and I knew six weeks later I was going to be in the sales doing this thing I'd never done before, surrounded oh by hundreds of people. <laughs> wow. So that was, that was just, that was just crazy. That was like crazy in itself. Plus I had a two-year-old as well. Um, so yeah, um, I think one of the hardest things for me was that I had to really focus on, on Nico, my little one that I just had. And Roman had to do like all of the logistics whilst I got myself ready to actually be able to deliver the festival. So for the first six weeks of um, Nico's life, Daddy just was like, insanely stressed like he was just not sleeping he was he was not really eating he was just running around like a crazy person to try and make it all happen so that when I was ready I could step in and be the kind of the face of soul surface kind of thing and direct it and you know and kind of like um, bring the vision all together but he knew I wouldn't he knew I needed that little six week time just to get myself you know together so that was probably one of the hardest bits was just wanting him there, but knowing that he couldn't be and, you know, um, and, and, but knowing as well that once it was over, I would, we'd get that, we'd get that magical time back again. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, that was probably one of the hardest bits. And then, um, yeah. And then when the weekend came, you know, the weather was like the worst you could possibly oh, imagine. No. Um, like yeah like oh like loads of stuff went wrong like as as it was we, you know I, we didn't know what we were doing mm. we'd never run a festival before <laughs> like we've never we've never got hundreds of people in a field and then had to like lay on toilets and showers and food and camping and you know what I mean like I mean I look back and I just think what were we thinking but you know it, it has paid off so thank God. <laughs> How many have you done now? So this year will be what number? This year, if we get to run it, which I'm hoping we will, um, it will be number five. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. God, time flies. Yeah, it felt like yesterday you were doing the first does. one. <gasps> and did the last I one... I know, it's insane. Did the last one go smoothly or there's still is there still lots of tweaking to go? Will it always be a work in progress? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's the thing is about festivals is every year they, every year if you're doing it right, every year they get bigger, which mm. is brilliant. So every year we grow, every year we need more infrastructure, we need more team members, uh, we need more money, we need more everything, and so with that just comes all these new challenges every time you do it because you know that when you add a thousand more people in, you've got to have this many more toilets and showers and this much more food and you know what I mean? It's like. Um, you never really, you never really know what you're doing, um, but you are more, 
experienced in thinking on your feet mm. and and just knowing that you know essentially it, it will all be okay type thing and you'll just kind of you'll just deal with things that get thrown at you as they come because that's just what we've always done so um but this but actually I have to say year four last year yeah it went it did it went really really well I can't think of anything that was like absolutely awful um that happens because normally like something really bad mm. happens but like I can't think of anything that was terrible I just remember being I remember being very scared because it took on this new life last year because it was much busier and it felt like a festival and it, it almost felt like it, it was completely out of my control mm. now and it uh-huh. had grown into its own entity mm. and I I was just there like watching it and and I was like holy what have I created because this this isn't even under my control anymore this is just happening and yeah. and that was kind of like a weird feeling but it was amazing but it was kind of weird as well yeah. it's like it's like your baby that you've brought out into the world it's growing into a teenager and then getting yeah. rebellious and growing up yeah. <laughs> do you do you enjoy yeah, I, I don't know this is. is a silly question but do you manage to enjoy a second of it or is it just a big sigh of relief once it's over or do you get yourself to a class <laughs> Um, I try, yeah, I really do try. I always try and do like at least two or three classes because I have to because I'm the creative director. Yeah. I need to know what people are experiencing. So I always try and do a class, but I have to admit, like, I'm looking around. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not breathing properly. I'm like, you know, trying to trying to figure out what's right and wrong, and and that, so it's not that relaxing. Um, so, but yeah, I what I enjoy at Soul Circus is I enjoy it like. 10 o'clock at night when our headline DJ's on, I can see everyone's having a great time. Um, the music is doing its thing and the vibe is great. And then I can have a dance. I can down a couple of rums with my <laughs> best mates and, you know, my family and Roman and everyone. And then, and then like, I can kind of step back and take a moment and go, Oh wow, look what we created. Mm. Um, wow. And then I'll get like an hour's sleep and get up, you know, to have to, you know do whatever I have to do like you know and then and then it's straight back in again to kind of like troubleshooting and running around and like so it's like three days of like real intense work Mm. but I do always just make sure I stand back when the sun's setting or when the tune drops or when my favorite teacher's on stage I step back and I go wow you know this is this is this is my baby this is what I created and I'm so so proud of myself I'm so proud of you know everyone that I work with and I'm I'm so so proud of the people that come and like have you know had faith in us and Mm. and give us good reviews and buy ticket year after year and yeah it's like it's really overwhelming (laughs) it's such an achievement but not that that many people get to experience that do they creating something of that scale but you know people might open a studio people might like I teach at an event yeah but to have created something that like yeah. a thousand plus people are enjoying is remarkable, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, it is. It is amazing. Like I never really, I I honestly don't know how I am, how I've been so lucky. Like I really, I really don't. Like I'm, I'm super humble in that respect. Like I, I know that this isn't normal. I know that, you know, I'm, I'm really like, like blessed. Sorry, I know it's like a cheesy word, but like no. I, I'm just so happy that. I've like managed to get something that was inside my mind mm. out into the world and so many people enjoy it and they and they come up to me at the end of the festival and say thank you so much mm. you know like there's there's 
this is like an experience I've never had before and you know and they and they, they thank you and you're like and they're not thank you and they're not they're not thanking you for like being like perfect you know superstar mm. of a person they're just they're thanking you because they've just had a weekend with their most favorite people and they've had like a, a lush time and I've not been there I'm not involved in 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 their circle or anything like that but I've given them this place mm. to have an amazing time and and like yeah it's it's such a nice feeling and i guess what's quite interesting with organizing something like that is the bigger it gets the less personal it gets for you like i said the first one you were very much the face of it and everyone knew you were the face of it and you were organizing it and i guess as it grows bigger it's like yeah i guess glastonbury is an exception but for a lot of big festivals you've got no idea who organized it or who created it yeah and i guess it's going to be an interesting development for you to be able to just appreciate what people are enjoying and appreciate what's going on for them but maybe as it goes on you'll yeah. get you'll get less thank you <laughs> but you'll have to get yeah, your reward probably. for saying yeah 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 and I don't I don't mind that really I'm like as I say I'm quite I quite like being behind the scenes so um and I just as long as I know that I've, I've I'm making a difference you know mm. and I'm 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 helping people out and I'm giving them a place to a safe place to learn and have fun mm. and connect with, you know, connect with people. Mm. Um, I'm quite, I'm quite happy with that. You know, I, I do, I really get off on that. And um, yeah, and just, I mean, just recently, I don't know if you saw, but we, um, we had our first Soul Circus baby born. So we oh. had, um, as in they were, yeah, con- they were conceived the at the festival or give birth at the festival. Was, no, it was, oh, no, not as big as that. I wish. I wish. <laughs> um, no, they, 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 there was these two, uh, there was a boy and a girl and they met at Soul Circus the first year. Oh. Um, and then, and then they like, they had this relationship and they just, and they, I didn't really even realise that they'd got together or who, who really who they were. I, I kind of knew their faces, but I didn't really know them. And they sent me an email just after lockdown and they said, oh, we just wanted to let you know, you know, like, you know, during this, these dark days and, you know, this crazy time that, um, we've got some really good news. We met at your festival five years ago, and we've just had our first baby. And we're just oh. so we're just really thankful that you know we met and we've come to your festival every year since. And we've made all these amazing friends and connections through what you've done. And here's a picture of of our new baby. Oh, oh my god! I mean, I it destroyed oh me. I literally god. I literally cried for like fifteen minutes. Oh, <laughs> I've got goosebumps all over honestly multiple I times know. when you were telling that story that's so lovely and just uh, just backtracking a little bit as well you, you, yeah you were talking about being lucky yeah. but do you think it's luck or just a combination of you working on yourself and all the hard work that you've put into it and just the person that you are and who you've who you've built yourself up to be yeah I think I think it is like a, a combination of a lot of that I think it's using you know the thing the the, the crappy things that happen in your life because obviously there's there is there is a lot you know my you know I was like up and down my childhood teenage years you know difficult relationship with my mum who's you know an alcoholic and um and you know just just difficult relationship with myself because of that and it's yeah it, it was never easy for me to to kind of love myself it was never easy to to see the good bits in me because I'd never really been taught how to do that. So it was a lot of work 
for me to accept myself for who I was. And then when, once I started doing it and I saw kind of positive changes in my life, I then really was really passionate about sharing that with people, hence why I became a yoga teacher and why I started a studio. So more people who potentially, like myself, were feeling lost and feeling like they, they needed, you know, support and a, and a community of, of like-minded people and especially, you know, the teachings of yoga and how it, how it can change your life and make you feel better about yourself and everything. And, um, and so, yeah, and so the things that I created were, were really born out of, you know, my own personal struggles. Um, and, and I think, yeah, I think I've been lucky in that sense that a lot of people have, have related to, to me and, and the fact that I've never, I've never, um, hidden the fact that like, you know, I, I'm, I'm no, I'm not perfect. I'm not like the perfect Jodie. I'm not, you know, I haven't had like the perfect, you know, blessed life or anything like that. Like it has been really, really tough. Like I've had some really dark times and, um, you know, and I have turned to drugs and alcohol myself and, you know, and I've been through, through things that lots of other people have too. And I've always been really honest about that. And I think that is why my businesses have done well because people have related to that, that real side of it you know mm. and 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 that it draws people to you when you're just real and that's so I've learned that I'm just mm. I'm just real I'm just honest and you know take it or leave it type thing it's so refreshing honestly you just come across so lovely and and real and humble and it, it's funny it's been a running theme actually through the podcast I think every yoga teacher we've talked to has talked about the importance of authenticity yeah. and how they've been on this journey from perhaps not loving themselves yeah. to trying to be someone else to not feeling accepted to now yeah eventually coming around to being yeah. accepting of themselves loving themselves and then sharing their stories with the world which is just so inspiring and that's that's i think that allows yeah. long-term yeah. success i think it, mm. many people can hold yeah. a space contemporarily hold a space with a little bit of charisma yeah a lot of people can yeah. stand on a stage and draw people in for multiple mm. classes yeah. but not for multiple years yeah. And I think it's with authenticity, yeah. you yeah. actually bring people along. And that's mm. how I guess you've succeeded because yeah. those people at yeah. the studio were so invested in who you were you, yeah. that they were willing to yeah. come to that festival yeah. year in, year out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it was, I, I think I, I probably like hooked a few in the moment they walked through the front door of my studio and I had my tits out and a <laughs> baby attached to one and like trying to frantically find their name on the register with the other and I think straight away they were like yeah we, we like that. yeah this feels safe and cozy <laughs> that's it because you're yeah, talking about exactly. you know perfect yoga teachers one they don't really exist do they and two they're if they're there no, they're pretending exactly. and three no one wants to be around perfect people yeah. anyway they're boring <laughs> no yeah exactly exactly i'm i'm coming holly's more about people i want logistics i want to <laughs> know about like, when you actually <laughs> yeah. set up the festival like what have you learned along mm. the way like mist I'm intrigued more on like the mistakes you might have made. And I guess, guess like when you created it, the festival, a lot of people are saying to you, I imagine, probably don't do it. <laughs> it's not going to work. I don't know what kind of people are around oh, yeah. you. And I'm intrigued then about like yeah, yeah. how you made it work and the lessons you've learned about actually running a successful festival and one that is growing year in, year out. Mm. Yeah, the, the festival industry is an, an interesting one because it is pretty polar opposite to the yoga industry. Um, the festival industry is really, really brutal, really competitive. 
it's quite masculine. Like there's not a lot of women mm. um, festival founders I've found. Um, so uh, I had to learn to be pretty tough, um, pretty, you know, and be able to take kind of criticism that, you know, if you put yourself out in the public eye, then, you know, they're going to review you and they're going to review what you've done. And, and you know, so, um, so yeah, you know, I think the main thing I learned with the festival is that, yeah, you, you know, you will never please everybody. Um, and in fact, you will really, really upset some people and, and you kind of have to be okay with that. Um, and, but that's where, that's where Roman comes in really, really well, actually. And that's what I found that I think that's why we're so successful is because I am the yogi. I am, you know, I, I speak to the teachers and, and I design the vision, but um, I have to admit, you know, Roman, who is, he's ex-military, is really well-versed of, of a battlefield. And, and <laughs> running a festival is a bit like being in battle. Like it's, you know, there's someone twisting their knee over there, you know, there's mm. a fence falling down over there. Like we've had years where the, the main chef has had a nervous breakdown halfway through. Oh, gosh. Um, and the whole kitchen has collapsed. Oh, no. You know, so... And they're the moments sometimes where I have been overwhelmed and I have almost thought, I can't, I can't do this. Um, and they're the moments when Roman really shines because he will just, he will sacrifice everything mm. to, to, to keep it going. And you, you need that. Like you can't, there's been moments at Soul Circus where I've just been in floods of tears and I've just thought, I don't know how to. I don't know how to fix what's just happened. I don't know how to figure this out. I'm, I'm, I'm just like, I'm almost at breaking point. Um, and then, and then Roman has has always managed to find a way. And I think that's from his military training because he, you know, they're just. Sometimes it's infuriating, but sometimes mm -hmm. it's super useful because he can just go right, boom, like tunnel vision, right, get the job done, and. I don't really know many people who can do that in the way that he can. And I think that's a massive, massive part of why we're so successful is, is just that, you know, what, what that man can actually do mm. under pressure is like, I, I still don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like still in awe sometimes. That's the thing. Get, so, get, get yeah. the military involved. So if you want to start a festival, get, get, ex, get ex military I, involved. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I think I, you know, the, the, the other words were peace and love and, you know, and kind of chilled and calm. But the festival world is not, you know, mm. it's like, and then, you know, and it's a weird atmosphere because you're combining yogis with, you know, like techie guys and um, like production and catering and toilets and showers type people. And, you know, and you're bringing all these like festival people into this place where, you know, it is all sunshine and lollipops, but those <laughs> people, they're not, you know, mm. they're like hardcore you know been working at festivals for years you know like they're not the healthiest bunch they're like you know they're like quite some of them are quite intimidating yeah like, but but you kind of have to be in that environment because you know if you think about most festivals you know they're they're not full circus I mean everyone's like oh full circus is so safe and nice and you know we can come on our own and we don't even need to bring our friends we know that we'll have a good time whereas like a lot of other festivals you know come a certain time at night it gets really really mm. it can get quite dark it yeah. can quite get quite messy quite intimidating so the people that work in that industry have to have to be able to speak that language so mm. I think that's been another another challenge um 
of trying to maintain that lovely, lovely vibe, but in a in a situation that isn't necessarily lovely, lovely, you know, a lot of times. So yeah. How have you found that like, your question? working with yoga teachers? Like I, I feel so much sympathy for like every studio owner and everyone that has to deal <laughs> with yoga teachers <laughs> on a logistical basis. Like, my, like my background is kind of law and operations. Right. Can you tell? Uh, yeah. yeah. And, and I, I, can't, I can't imagine the stress it would be. Like, I get so frustrated when I just see the WhatsApp groups of cover lists and how do you do it? Yeah. And how does, how, like, how does yeah, Roman it, cope as well as an ex-military? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, quite, it's quite funny actually. Yeah, because obviously we, ha- we have to have contracts and we have to be organised and we need, to be, we, need, we need people to commit to to being there and you know commit to their slot in the schedule and yogis you know they're like they are free spirits and that's what I love about them and that's why I am one is because you know you can't pin them down they are they are just they're doing their own thing Mm. and a lot of the time I'm just like I just hope they turn up and then as long as they're all there I can rejiggle the schedule mm. if I need to in order to have all bases covered but it's just as long as I can get them there so um on in all honesty like I I I talk to the teachers initially and I tell them about the festival I sell them my vision and then Roman then pins them down with like contract like, <laughs> uh-huh. email interrogation <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah, literally, like, just try and get them. And he's just always like, oh, my God, you lot. He just refers to them as you lot, like, as in my, my crew. Um, and, uh, yeah, and, and uh, yeah, he's pretty exasperated at times. Um, but then he's also, like, in love with one. So he can't get oh. too angry. Do you see what I mean? Oh, it's lovely. <laughs> so, yeah. Have you ever had one? You don't yeah. have to say any names, but have you ever had a yoga teacher not turn up? <gasps> Oh yeah, loads. Yeah, oh, really? loads of times. Oh, um, yeah, would... loads of times. Oh, yeah. angry face. Yeah. I'd, be, I'd be tempted but to le- ruin but, them. But luckily, <laughs> Instagram <Yeah>. them. <laughs> uh, no, but luckily, you know, the whole place is teeming with yoga teachers. So mm. I, it does, I literally can go out into my arena and I can go right, you teach a class. <laughs> so yeah. It's, um, it's, I can always out. figure it out. I can always find somebody. So it's yeah, now it's Soul yeah. Circus is now like it's now your full time thing. But both of you, it's your full time thing, pretty much. Yeah. And so and it has been, yeah. and it has been since the start. I guess you did the first one, then you went travelling straight away. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, we did. Yeah, we did the first. No, we did the first two, and then that was when we split the two businesses: the yoga studio and the and the festival. And then um, when we went traveling, me and Roman, uh, yeah, focused just solely on the festival and our children. And we were, you know, we were making a lot less money, which is why we ended up traveling. And that's how we kept the business going, actually, which is what you were sort of asking me about before with, you know, logistics is that, um, you know, the festival industry, you don't, you're not making a lot of money to begin with. You know, you have to get quite lucky to get to, to, to really succeed. So we decided that um, traveling and we were house sitting occasionally. So we were living in people's houses and looking after their pets. Um, We were living in like, we lived in a little cabin in the rainforest in Costa Rica that was like dirt cheap. Um, 
but it just meant that we could plough everything into our festival and um but also at the same same time spend some really really sort of awesome quality time with our kids running around on beaches and not having to work a nine to five or run a studio seven days a week so we gave up a lot on you know and in the early days we weren't earning a lot but it was completely worth it because um traveling the world with our kids was just like phenomenal i'm just so glad we did it how old were your children when you were traveling with them then uh when we left um rocky was four rocky that's such a cool name yeah four and two yeah yeah so he yeah he was he went he went to like a couple of different schools in france so he went to school um completely in french when he was four years old and had to just figure out a new language which was amazing um and then we sent them both to school in costa rica so then they had to go to school in spanish wow. um so yeah they've um they've all seen a lot already just at, for such a young age they're now six and nearly mm. four can, so, they, yeah. can they speak a bit the language still any of the languages they un- yeah they understand a bit but um yeah that i mean a six-year-old's attention spans like two seconds <laughs> you know he doesn't remember what he did this morning let alone like a year ago but um but it's in there somewhere. I'm sh- I, know, I know it's in there somewhere. So, you know, I'm hoping that when they're older, it will just, they may not remember it, but they'll just kind of, they'll have that sense of, you know, being part of a, a different community, mm. speaking a different language and, and, and not be scared to kind of take risks in their own life and, and to travel and, and not be worried about, you know, not understanding things because, you know, they did it at such a young age. I think hopefully that that fear might have been a bit eliminated for them, and they'll just be able to go for it when they're a bit older. Mm. And are you are you now settling now back in the UK? Is that the plan, or is the world calling um, you? No, yeah, the world's calling. Yeah, it really is. I think since lockdown, um, I've really, I've I've really reassessed what I wanted from my life, and um, and I think having had like all our freedom kind of taken away. Um, it's made me really want to like fight for it back. And part of that freedom for me is being able to travel and, and not be too tied down to where I am. So yeah, we did eight months in London, well, six months in London that we, we've just done. And um, we're now in Sirens Esther waiting out the lockdown because it's just not fun being in the city with kids. Mm. Um, so, um, so now I'm kind of like, it feels like a bit of a new start, this whole virus thing it feels like a reset and part of my reset I think is 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 to explore the world more because having had it all taken away recently it made me really appreciate when we could just get on a plane and go wherever we wanted you know and mm. and I think that I'm we're gonna as a family we're gonna do another another stint mm-hmm. um because who knows when this might happen again do you know what I mean like yeah. we have to just take the chance when mm. we have it and and if lockdown happens again, I'd rather be locked up in a, you know, by a beach. Yeah. <laughs> so coming full circle then, because you were talking right at the beginning that you were planning another trip. Where, what's your next adventure, if you don't mind sharing? Oh, no, I don't mind sharing. Uh, we're, we're looking into New Zealand, actually. I've oh, been amazing. really quite inspired by their prime minister. You know, she's she's been... She's been doing an awesome job over there, um, and I'm all about like girl power and stuff, like running yeah. businesses, and you know. 
Um, and having lived in countries where my kids went to school in a different language, it was it was tricky. You know, mm. it was hard for them. It was hard for us. Um, so we we're kind of thinking, right, where can we go that encompasses that outdoor lifestyle that we love? You know, I lo- I love to surf and snowboard and mm. go on adventures and. Um, and, but I also, I'm also rubbish at learning languages. So <laughs> that's why we kind of thought New Zealand, because then we can put our kids into school and in the, you know, in English and we're in a country where things make a little bit more sense than they did in, you know, for example, in Panama, mm. where we didn't know what the hell was going on. Mm. So, um, what, and, what, what, and do, yeah, what do you need to be able calling. to live there in New Zealand? Do you need like special visas or do you need skills? Or? Back to logistics. Yeah, I'm at, <laughs> yeah, there's like, there's, there's a few various different ways, but there's, there's this amazing visa that you can apply for. I'm actually just writing out the application right now. So if anyone wants to send me some good luck vibes, then uh-huh. that would be wonderful. Coming your way. Um, it's, it's, it's called the Edmund Hillary Fellowship and it's, it's a special visa for entrepreneurs who want to make global change and who oh, wow. want to ah. impact um, impact the world, you know, uh, in a in a positive way. Wow. And they have sort of said, you know, apply if you if you're an entrepreneur and you you know and you're um, passionate about you know um, the you know climate change, passionate about making you know um, mm. a positive impact and change on the planet as well as you know in our communities. So. I'm going for it. I mean, who knows, right? You, you know, go if, for if I don't it. get onto that, then there'll be a, there'll be a, there'll be other ways of getting, you know. That a, seems to be a really that. reoccurring theme. Is that you talked about having self doubt, but you don't let anything get in the way. Yeah. Like you, you, you go for the no. biggest, the yeah. biggest opportunities and just try and grab it. And, and you, you, go yeah, and you get it. it. Yeah. Love Always. that. So yeah. inspiring. You, you get the Edmund yeah. Hillary. Uh, what's it called? Put, Edmund Hillary thing. That's so empowering. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. But there's, you know, there's also you can you can go on different visas and things like that. So if I don't, if that doesn't happen, then I'll figure it out. I'm sure. Oh, sending sending you all the good luck vibes. Thank you. Yeah, it'd be it'd be fun to go on another adventure. I think we're gonna do a few little like not quick fire, but quickish fire. <laughs> but you can like you can go okay. more you can go more like bow and arrow slow fire if you want. <laughs> uh, so first question is kind of d- a double question. What's kind of the best piece of yeah. advice that anyone's given you on your little journey so far? And what's the worst bit of advice you've been given and ignored? <laughs> <laughs> oh, best bit of advice. Oh, best bit of advice. I think don't don't worry yourself with what other people think has been a bit of a game changer mm-hmm. for me. I think I always used to think like, oh no, you know, like so-and-so might think that or my friends might think that or my family might think that and then I actually just thought well who cares because it's even if they do think it what am I going to just stop living my life in case that one person thinks that one thing about me like that's just madness like you can't Mm. that you can't live your life like that Mm. so therefore you just have to kind of throw all that out the window and just go right I'm going to commit to just making myself happy and then the right people will yeah. support me you know and 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 the others won't and that's mm-hmm. and that's fine like that's been a bit of a yeah that's an important one for me um and then I uh worst advice that I didn't listen to oh well a lot of people told me that yoga was a fad <laughs> love so, it <laughs> um yeah yeah a lot you know like various family members and you're like oh well, you know that's it's just it's just a fad it's not you know it's not going to last it's not you know you're not going to be able to build a business out of yoga what are you talking about type thing and I was mm. always like no I think I can <laughs> <laughs> so I was Love glad that. I didn't listen to that advice yeah 
Um, what's your favourite sweet treat? Sweet treat? Yes. <laughs> um, or are you more of a savoury? I do, yeah, I do like, I am, yeah, I'm more of a savoury girl for sure. I love, like, I lived in Japan for a while, so I love, like, newly, like, yumminess, like, spicy kind of ramen and things like that. Like, that's my, that's my thing. Nice. Um, and then with sweets, yeah, not so much. Like, I'm a terrible baker. I can't, I can't bake the shit. Like, I'm Fair the enough. worst cake maker you've ever met in your life. So <laughs> I've not really, I don't have a passion for that side of things. But yeah, give me like a roast dinner or like a massive bowl of ramen. I'm well happy. Oh, lovely. <laughs> Holly just got a baking tin yeah. arrive today. I know. I've, I'm going to make banana bread this she week. She got so, I'm so excited, excited about it this morning. Yeah. But that that, con- uh, that idea you said about, yeah, not caring what other people think. Like my view on that is I yeah. think people are generally so preoccupied with concern about what other people think that they're definitely not thinking about you. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I think so people mm. are just... Dist- well, exactly. Yeah, They're exactly. just so distracted That's about their paranoia yeah. of what you might think of them mm. that actually no I one's know. really yeah. thinking about you. I, I, no, I, I generally yeah. think... Yeah, and I think that's the other thing is I learned from doing a lot of studying myself, which is that, um, you know, we create our own reality. Literally, what we what we see is a reflection uh, of ourselves back at us. So, you know, so you you're like you're constantly in manifestation mode. You're constantly in creative mode, and 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 if you're thinking and you're if you're worrying about what other people think or you're thinking negative thoughts, then you then create that in your environment Mm. but if you can stay in the moment and stay positive and just you know and and roll with it then you can you can create something in your reality that's you know that's far more positive Mm. yeah where's your favorite beach in the world um my favorite beach uh costa rica was immense we like there. there was some amazing yeah where we lived actually was quite south and it was the rainforest met the met the beach oh wow so you had like these huge mountainous rainforests so you'd be in the sea and you turn around and then you'd see these huge mountainous rainforests like in front of you and then this huge vast beach that was completely untouched that sounds amazing. and then this crystal clear water and it was like wow you know i never imagined i would live in a place like that yeah that was and it was yeah just teaching my kids to surf in costa rica was Mm. just a dream come true it was amazing wow so yeah more of that (laughs) no i like to ask often kind of what gadgets people have bought or what anything they've bought under 100 pound that was uh Mm. that's been really useful for them uh but i guess particularly with you you've been traveling so much is there any little device yeah. that has been a game changer that you couldn't travel without now? Um, well, I, I suppose it's the usual, isn't it? It's like the 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 book apps and the um, Kindle and things like that. Because I found when I was traveling, I could, didn't have any books to read my kids. So I was having to do it all online and doing a lot of schooling online. So things like, you know, just having able to get books online, was, you know, was invaluable for us whilst we were traveling. Um and then, uh, yeah, I'm I'm really I'm terrible with technology. I have to say I'm like <laughs> a real technophobe. But we um we I've got a funny story for you. We bought a brand new GoPro whilst we were in Costa Rica. We got really excited about it. We strapped it to the wrist of our six year old. We thought it was all like fine. We strapped it to his wrist and we threw him in this river. 
to like film his little adventure and we hadn't done the class up properly and oh, the whole thing flooded and, oh no. and we and and we hadn't even turned it on and we'd completely annihilated our first ever GoPro. Absolute fail. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh no. Yeah, absolute fail, yeah. <laughs> and he's his final so don't strap your don't strap a brand new GoPro to your six year old's wrist and then throw him in a river. Oh no, they're all fine now. Now they're all waterproof. Now you don't need a house for them, all the new ones. You can just dunk it straight in. Although we've got a camera, ah, we, we had a cam, we had a camera-related incident with a turtle. Oh my god, this is hilarious! In Barbados. Oh, did you? Yeah, oh, I got, wow. I got, I got a bit of a in a fight with a turtle. <laughs> we had this no camera, way. but it was like an old-school waterproof camera that makes lots of clicking sounds. The in reflection yeah. might look a little bit like a jellyfish, and we were like, just Holly and oh I were god. just kind of swimming in the middle of nowhere. Like I took like a little yeah. boy and attached it to my wrist just so like any jet skiers wouldn't hit us, etc. sensible one. Like we were like literally in the middle of nowhere. And uh, it got, around Barbados, you're just guaranteed to see a turtle. If you get in the water, you're going to yeah. see one at some point. And this one yeah, kind yeah. of circled us and like more interactive than any of the other ones you'd met so far. Like quite cute. Like we went down with it. We did some photos. Then suddenly it got eye level with me. <laughs> it just went for me. <laughs> That was like going at oh my, my face, God. like really intensively, and I had to like dive under oh it, push it. And this is probably a turtle almost as big as me. <laughs> he pushed the turtle. I had to, I had to, oh I had to like a fight with the turtle. So I got under it, pushed it away. Like, I didn't punch its Be face, gone. but touched its shell to push it away. Oh, at that point, you punched the turtle. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no I ah. then lost the boy in that process. <laughs> lost the camera. Then I was like, this camera's got all of oh, our no. photos on. So I had to like chase a camera while trying to get oh, Holly no. out the way and I Holly was, was just pissing laughing. herself laughing <laughs> oh but my then God, I was trying to protect story. her from I this killer turtle oh so funny <laughs> I just want to be on a beach now I've had yeah I'm with you I've I had know, enough I want to go to a beach <laughs> I think one oh one God, final thing we'll end it on is any advice yeah. you would give to people in your who want to like set up a studio or want to set up festival mm. or get into the just a similar business any advice you would give them if they were mm. starting out on their little journey yeah i think um just you know follow follow what your heart's telling you to do so listen into listen into your own body and listen into your own mind and and notice when something gives you goose pimples or when something gives you butterflies in your tummy or when when something sends like those shivers up your spine they're the things that you should follow and 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 they're the dreams that you should pursue because your body and your intuition is telling you that that that's what you're um that's what you're here for can you still hear me so yeah. my phone's about to run out um so i would say that trust that trust that instinct um, and and go and go for it because if it's if it's true and and if it's meant for you uh, you will you will achieve it and and there's nothing that can stop you from achieving your wildest dream, dreams if that if that is what you were put on this planet for. Mm. Oh, I love that so much. And regretting not trying is consuming, isn't it? Yeah. Like if you never bothered yeah. even yeah. giving yeah, it a yeah. go, exactly. Just give it a shot. Yeah. And you don't want to live with that because no. that's something that you'll have to keep quashing down for the rest of your life yeah. and, and trying to ignore. And and that's the worst thing that you can do is to is to not listen to your soul's calling because mm. it will just you, you'll you'll get ill. You know you'll you'll suffer yeah. because you'll you'll have to keep putting things aside that that are important to you. Yeah. And and that's no way to live. So oh, just go I love for that. it. 
I just got goosebumps again. Thank oh. you, Ella. That was so Thank lovely. Uh, really enjoyed that chat. My pleasure. A real pleasure. My Take pleasure. care. Honestly unbalanced.